Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 54, Your Urban Legends, part four. Yeah, it's another urban legend roundup. And this one is actually responses to former listener stories. Yes, yeah, so this is follow-up. So we respond to some of the urban legends that we have in the previous episode. So Urban Legends, part three, and then also our first listener urban legend special. Mm-hmm. So if you have not yet um, listened to the previous ones, you should probably listen to episode, Urban Legend, episode three before you do this one. You should definitely do that because not only is it hilarious, but it also will give you a little bit of insight into what we're talking about in this one yeah we read an urban legend that ended up being so like controversial and listener heavy Mm -hmm. that we got like dozens of emails and tweets in response so we had to do some follow-up it's really really fun don't worry you're gonna love it uh but speaking of our wonderful listeners yeah let's uh talk about some of our new patrons yes so thank you to emmanuel and katie for joining us uh on patreon.com slash spirits podcast where we are actually giving more stuff to our existing patrons yeah so patrons at the one dollar per episode level and above so every single patron that we have you are going to be getting bloopers and cut scenes from episodes so you're going to get one scene that editor eric thoroughly believes should have made it into the final episode because it's <laughs> but hilarious but yes. it just couldn't yeah and you're going to get that uh, we can't promise every single episode but pretty regularly and to begin with we're going to give you something to like whet your appetites and today on patreon we are releasing uh, a bonus where uh, i don't know julia like basically choked and died and laughed for like three minutes straight and just could not get back on mic it was um, it was just about something that i said about yeah. tom hanks um it wasn't about tom hanks wait who was it it was about Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, Bill Murray. I don't know. They're all, all the same. No, they're head. not. No, anyway, moving on, moving on. So go to patreon.com slash spirits podcast and you can listen to that blooper for free and then also sign up um, and be a, a patron if you can. Uh, and some of our favorite patrons. Yeah, our supporting are, producers. Our good, good folks. Uh, I'm going to read them this time. Oh my God. I'm going to mess it up. But here we go. In, babe. Let's clock it. So it's Neil, Chandra, Philip, Dylan, Julie, Sarah, Christina, Robert, Lindsay, JST, Sandra, Eeyore, Deborah, Kimo, Phil, Ryan, and Catherine. Good job, babe. Uh, and then, and yes. then there's our legend level patrons they are getting actual physical stuff in the mail every month from us it is very fun shopping for you guys we really genuinely really love it yeah we have a lot of fun picking out stuff so thank you to leanne cassie cammy shannon erin and ashley everyone if i said your names like not even just our legends but also our supporting producers and our new patrons y'all are the gift camel of the desert of our hearts yep you are the like naturally skimmed milk with lemon of our hearts just mm-hmm. wait for it it's a great it's a great thing <laughs> yeah you know i love a good <laughs> dairy myth uh and thanks also to our sponsor this week story blocks where you can get high quality stock images for a fraction of the cost which you can start downloading in a seven day free trial at storyblocks.com spirits 
And if you want other people to find out about spirits, if you love this show as much as we love making this show, which is a lot. So much. What you can do is leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Right now, I think I just checked it this morning. It was 360. Let's try and get to 400. Let's do it, y'all. Yeah. Let's, I think let's get to 420 nice. And 420 then Julie nice. and I will post a picture of ourselves on social media in like a compromising embarrassing i don't know some kind of like funny thing that you will enjoy will we okay <laughs> uh i mean i have a picture of myself before a dave matthews concert in 2010 where i was wearing three piece sign um pieces of jewelry i'll post that image on social media when we get to 420 nice okay fantastic let's do it <laughs> i i want to see that because i haven't seen that photo oh uh, it's a good one it's so a good one get us to 420 reviews rate and review us on apple podcasts and you will see an embarrassing photo of amanda I love it. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy Spirits Podcast, episode 54, Your Urban Legends, part four. Welcome back to Your Hometown Urban Legends, part four, which truly this is becoming a series because this is follow-up time, y'all. Yo, it's follow-up time! All of your deepest, darkest questions about our user-submitted myths are coming back. <laughs> and specifically, Spaghetti Warehouse. There is a lot to be said about Spaghetti Warehouse. I'm just going to cut to the feeling Do here. It. I'm going to cut to the chase, where everyone had opinions about Spaghetti Warehouse. A shit ton of people did. So we were just delighted by the fact that it was like a concept. Like, just the name was amazing, and the myth was very good. But we heard immediately upon our episode release that everybody has a spaghetti warehouse story. Apparently it's, we got like over 30 emails and tweets about this thing. I was very excited about it. Uh, and the first one that I saw anyway, came in from Levi on Twitter who said that, uh, he spent his entire afternoon break Googling old spaghetti factory versus spaghetti warehouse. Uh, this, if we were doing a crime documentary is now where you would cut to like a montage where, uh, old spaghetti factory, like is written on an index card and then pinned to the board because low, we would hear more about the OSF mm -hmm. in days to come. So Levi says that he didn't know Spaghetti Warehouse was a thing, but that we said about it. And he wondered, how is this place exactly a copy of OSF? He, from his research, because he did research, because he's a spirits listener and he's great, uh, said that it seems like Spaghetti Warehouse, which started in 1972, was copying Old Spaghetti Factory, which was started in 1969. Nice and wondered <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> you're welcome uh, so right now in my head i'm being lit by like a single dangling spotlight like police interrogation room <laughs> mm -hmm. slash outback steakhouse style with just like one okay. big metal light the, the two most similar styles of rooms <laughs> thank you police Listen. interrogation room and the dining room of an outback steakhouse mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. old so outback good. steakhouse booths used to have a single metal light just shining down like one spotlight over the table and so it was great if like your bread was in the middle but if your dish was like on the side of the booth good luck goodbye who knows what you're eating it was crazy anyway levi found out that there were these two restaurants and they were founded three years apart uh he is from portland the home of the original osf and got very weirded out by hearing that the haunted denver warehouse completely matched this restaurant and we were like that's pretty weird and then listeners i had to call upon official investigator of spirits podcast yvonne pliss who you may remember from our Koshe the Deathless episode, which is excellent. It's an excellent, excellent story. Uh, so I put him on the case, 
and he found a Metafilter thread, also home of nerds on the internet, who gave us the lowdown of what we know about Old Spaghetti Factory versus Spaghetti Warehouse. So they're not actually related, so we think it's a coincidence. It's funny that like Spaghetti, after it leaves the factory, goes to the warehouse. I think that's just really funny. <laughs> um, and that's how I'm remembering which one came first, because I'm going to remember this factoid and talk about it at every cocktail party I ever go to in the future uh, for my entire life. Um, so Old Spaghetti Factory, the first one, it was founded by this person named Dus uh, Dussin, uh, and they pioneered the concept, I guess, because there were two people who have done this concept now, of developing restaurant properties in places others considered unworkable. So he built like historic, distinctive, sometimes abandoned buildings in older warehouse districts where the rents were low, and then started restaurants there. And as like the popularity grew, the rent didn't necessarily go up because they already bought it. But the areas would improve. Exactly. Spaghetti Warehouse then started in Garland, Texas, where uh, the company did the same thing. They established outlets in abandoned factories and warehouses in the downtowns of large metropolitan areas. And they used tax assistance, you know, like tax breaks to like make it cheaper. So actually pretty smart. The decor. So both restaurants, OSF and Spaghetti Warehouse, featured a pseudo-Victorian mismatched aesthetic. That is pretty good, Metafilter commenter, uh, with dark wood paneling, elaborate glass lighting fixtures. And I guess everything has a converted San Francisco trolley car mm -hmm. i don't know that the city of san francisco has that many trolley cars that it could like decorate every single franchise location of osf and spaghetti warehouse apparently they do apparently they, i don't know i don't know and and maybe there were like lots of hauntings but the fact that like one restaurant was started in portland and one was started in denver where did the trolley car come from i need Who to know knows? one of you must be related to the founders of one of these restaurants like i'm relying <laughs> on you listeners to solve this mystery for the internet for good. Hit us up. Um, Wait, do they both have trolley cars in them? They both, both Eric, versions both, had trolley cars. Both restaurant chains had trolley cars in every location of their restaurants. There's something's up. Something is fishy. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. This is just a big, it's a big scam to unload trolley cars and spaghetti <laughs> on unsuspecting normal average middle class people uh, uh we there's more detail about the food in these restaurants than i ever cared to know which is that at both restaurants entrees cost around eight dollars it was the 70s before we get too excited and, mm -hmm. and want to go to spaghetti warehouse that's now like 16 i mean spaghetti warehouse is still active and you could visit their website and look at their that menu at meatballs.com <laughs> what no that is not the website name You're is it meatballs.com did I not tell you guys? No, this? no. Oh, I swear I sent this to you guys. So yeah, the uh, the website. I'm gonna double check on my phone right now. Do some quick research. Meatballs.com. Oh, research. Typing it in. Talk to me about research. There's there's varying levels of research, <laughs> and this is my level. Meatballs.com takes you to do 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 the Spaghetti Warehouse restaurant oh, website. You can oh order online. God, oh my God. Where is the nearest location to you? To me, well, there used to be the nearest one to me is Columbus, Ohio. That's not that far. That is doable. And the nearest one to you is Syracuse. That's very that far. Not near. That's nearer to uh, you no, than it is to me. <laughs> is it really? Yes. It might be. Yeah. Oh wow. And the other four are in Texas. Okay, seems fair. Listen, there are six locations. Two of them are in the states that we live in, respectively. I think we can make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, w once we get there, we will have uh, a small loaf of sourdough bread with a small cutting tray, a serrated knife, and a cup of garlic butter, in case you were wondering. Uh, that sounds um, like Outback. It does sound like Outback, only Outback bread is probably much better. Yes. I have a thing for Outback bread. Anyway, um, the entrees... Wait, I have an update. What? I have an update. Oh. Those were the delivery locations. <gasps> there is a spaghetti warehouse in akron which is 
less than Whoa. 45 minutes for me. Eric Amanda, Godwin. you've been to Akron. I, I have spent a day and a half stranded in Akron, Ohio. Yeah. So it. so we could do this. We could do like a live spirits food cast. I want to do that thing. I also want to do that thing. Maybe, oh, hold on. We might have found our next Patreon goal. What if what if Julia and I fly to spaghetti Akron warehouse. and we go to Spaghetti Warehouse? Give us I that mean, money. Give us that money. I, Let's do that thing. I think thing. we have to. I think we found it. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash spirits podcast, you can see the new goal. <laughs> Send us to Spaghetti Warehouse in Akron, Ohio. Spaghetti getting. Get ready. Spaghetti <laughs> getting. Okay. Uh, locations of Spaghetti Warehouse versus old Spaghetti Factory. Uh, so creepily, Julia, and like any good conspiracy theory, if you map those two things on the same map, it's like an inverse map. <gasps> OSF and Spaghetti Warehouse in completely different states. <sighs> Except for the city of Atlanta, where they have both. Uh, good for you, Atlanta. Gotta Do get both. Spaghetti. It's a big city. You know, things that are both are my favorite things. So those are all the facts that the internet knows about Spaghetti Warehouse and Old Spaghetti Factory. That's it. Those are all of them. All the facts. But, but we have some personal stories, right? We do have some personal stories. Julie, what was the first one? Um, the first one was from Sam. And Sam goes, in episode 50, you kind of flipped out about, in, in quotes, the old Spaghetti Warehouse and is it for real seas? And Sam goes, well, yes, it is and was. Sam, your infernal knowledge is now our infernal knowledge. Uh, Sam goes, was, because the one that we had in Austin closed six years ago, but I remember it going back to the early 1970s. The chain started in Dallas in 1972 and has eight or nine locations, though they're doing poorly. Uh, Thanks, Sam. Just wait, Sam, just wait until after that's that patented spirits bump. So the warehouse shtick is that they would take historic, abandoned but sound warehouses in the downtown district and turn it into a 1970s Victorian chic dining space with a bar set up to look like it was an 1880s saloon okay stained glass windows liberated from demolished victorian mansions commercial advertising signs from 1900 to 1955 or thereabout okay okay can i pause you there julia please and can we just dwell in this space for a second so is that somebody like took over their grandmother's like 1880s uh, like Victorian mansion and then like put up a bunch of signs throughout the twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. Like what, how do these things go together? They're just spaghetti. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, and he says, <laughs> the whole thing is truly <laughs> spaghetti. The dining style is just throwing things to a wall to see what sticks. Exactly. And yes, it's a metaphor. Spaghetti warehouse is a metaphor. A city trolley car holding pride of place at the center of the restaurant. It was regarded as the prime seating location in the whole restaurant. Oh my God. Now I'm picturing that signs from that movie that I am pretty sure is the Godfather, but I think I might be wrong where Al Pacino oh and a girlfriend and someone else go to like a cabaret. Is that what it is? I'm sorry. What did you just say? <laughs> like Al Pacino and a girlfriend and like another couple go to like a cabaret and they like make a fuss over where they're sitting and it's a mob movie. That's Goodfellas. Goodfellas. That's the one. I Al Pacino's not Goodfellas. in that. Excellent. I picture now that that's happening in a spaghetti warehouse in a trolley car. You okay. cannot shake my head cannon. Uh, so Sam says, for all they had spaghetti in the name, the warehouse was pretty much a standard issue, family-friendly Italian restaurant. It was perfectly acceptable chain Italian food, less expensive than Ar uh, Olive Garden, but aiming for the same high, uh, the same segment. Yikes. That's what I'm going for. Less expensive than Olive Garden. I was uh, I was asked to prom in an Olive Garden, and like I I expected to be asked. I didn't want like a, a elaborate fucking whatever that people do these days or at the time. 
but I was like at the, at, at, when it was over, I was just like really in an olive garden. Like, come on. Anyway, past your high school discretions. <laughs> uh, Sam says they were introduced to it as a new college student in 1975 Austin. And I thought eating in a wonderful retro elegance, Victorian was all the rage in the first part of the seventies. I believe you, Sam. A generation later, we would go there and sit in the trolley to please my daughter while we ate. Okay, from a kid's perspective, pretty dope to sit inside a trolley while you eat. Like, that, that's pretty cool. Thank you, Sam. We also heard from Zoe, um, who said that she used to eat there all the time growing up. Maybe Zoe is Sam's daughter. I don't know. So Zoe really is bringing the haunting here. Uh, so she tells us that the, the people that run Spaghetti Warehouse didn't just bring in a lot of possibly haunted antiques, but they brought them into a location that was already haunted to begin with. This is the shit that I'm here for. This is what I'm here for. Now, I don't know in what city Zoe lives, but in her location, the building used to be a pharmacy before the pharmacist fell down an elevator shaft and died. I think the one that Zoe is mentioning specifically is the one that's in Houston that was mentioned in the original email. That we're ostensibly following up on. I'm just really deep into the spaghetti yes. rabbit hole. Go okay, ahead. great. Uh, so she says that the, the building again used to be a pharmacy before the pharmacist fell down an elevator shaft and died. Interestingly, the pharmacist doesn't haunt the building. He moved on, but the ghost of his distraught wife does. Same. Dang, indeed. On top of that, the place has become such Wait, a... Wait, did you say dang or I same? I said same. <laughs> Just to clarify, I said same. Okay, just to be clear, not the same as your current situation, Julia. Um, Very different situation. I don't situation. know about that. You've, as far as I know, you've never married a pharmacist. Um, I, also, but I also feel also like died. if my husband died, I he would move on, but I would haunt the shit out of the place that he died Have you guys in. talked about this, or you just know? No, we haven't talked about it yet. You don't need to talk about it. It's one of those conversations we should have before the wedding. Yeah, you should, you should put that on your premarital counseling agenda, babe. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, if I know one thing about Jake, he is going to want to haunt people. That's true, people. he does so want to like, haunt people. Nothing <laughs> would be more so fun. He loves haunted houses. We can dual haunt like um, like the couple in Beetlejuice. You tag team haunt. Tag I love team that. haunt. I've never seen Beetlejuice. What? I know, me neither. There's just a guy with scary I recently, hair. I did recently rent it, so I have 10 days buddy, to watch it. Buddy, buddy, watch it and get back to me. From a blockbuster? Where'd you rent it? <laughs> I, I got that T-Mobile Tuesdays. <laughs> People, di- here's the thing, here's the thing. People dig out T-Mobile all the time. And this is this podcast is not sponsored by T-Mobile. Definitely not. But every Tuesday, they give you free shit. And sometimes it's a movie rental. Eric. And that's, that's good. Eric, Ohio is so different. <laughs> that's not Ohio. That's everywhere that's that T-Mobile is. That's not true. Oh, stick with me here. <laughs> There's T-Mobile shops in New York City. There's one on my They're liminal places. <sighs> all right, let's get back to this pharmacist. Pharmacist wife. favorite network. Shut up, Eric. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't get that kind of thing for free. You can get in touch. So Zoe's parents used to tell her that it, that, that the location was where all the ghosts like to hang out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Zoe's parents. What do you know that I don't? Uh, so maybe the trolley's deal is that just all the ghosts think it's neat, so they hang around in there a lot. Same. Same. I want to hang out in different forms of transportation when I'm a ghost. But Zoe brings us a personal ghost story. That Julia, we're, we're sneaking in while we talk about Spaghetti Warehouse. Would you like to say it? I, of course I would. Um, so she says, this is my personal ghost story. It's probably a bit more on the cute side than on the creepy side, but Hey, cute's good, right? Cute is good. Cute is good. This is a thing that happened to me back at my dad's old apartment. At this apartment, there were a lot of stray cats walking around. So when I was taking a walk one day around the complex, it wasn't that surprising to see a black cat out and about walking around the parking lot, except something was off. This cat was pitch black. The sun wasn't even reflecting off its fur. 
It looked more like a cat-shaped void than anything else. Nevertheless, a cat is a cat, and I am never one to pass up the chance to say hello to a cat. Same. I approached it, and when it noticed me, it seemed to jump straight up on, uh, into the ground in one fluid motion and disappear. Into the ground? Into the ground. Jesus. This was in broad daylight, mind you, and there was no way I could have just lost sight of it. I went to investigate the area because I figured, oh, it probably just jumped through a drainage grate or something. Well, the grate was there, but the holes were so small, not even a squirrel could slip through it, much less a cat. And that's my story about how I met a ghost cat. And Zoe, that's an awesome fucking story. Zoe, that is pretty good. And I think it's a good like wedding or appetite in terms of ghosts for Laura's email, which is like ghosts per word of text, the densest ghost email we've ever gotten fantastic Let's so do it up. laura is from vancouver eric don't snort at my quantification of our ghost emails <laughs> that's okay it's exactly that <laughs> it's exactly what i was sorting listen at. sometimes you have to just like grasp for the only piece of reality that you can get in this situation and when i wake up every single morning to a spooky email from a listener i'm gonna do it so laura is from vancouver british columbia also known as canada <laughs> thank you where in 1970, the very first Old Spaghetti Factory opened. I'm yes. sorry, you're you're passing over the fact that she uses the hashtag spaghetti. Oh no, I was going to end with that. Oh, okay, which is that Laura came up with the greatest hashtag portmanteau of haunted spaghetti factory of all time, well, spaghetti. To be fair, we've also been using the hashtag spaghost, spaghost, spaghost. I, I know, I really enjoyed it, <laughs> which I. I thoroughly like uh, about on the same level why not spaghosti no no spaghost i really also enjoy (laughs) neost which is noki and ghosts i don't know i i give up that one and i hated it as soon as i said it i I was like is this the best one and then as soon as i typed i went no no it's not it's the worst one actually but but, i mean there's so many more you can do with your voice than you can on text like farfalle <laughs> you can just say it. You just, all you did was say farfalle, but with like a spookiness to it. <laughs> Eric is trying really hard. <laughs> you know, He's, I just took a sip <laughs> right before you did that. Papa, there was Dele. nothing about ghosts in that. There's nothing about ghosts in that. You just said it like Dracula. <laughs> Was it spooky like, or was it not? Oh, like all you could do is like, it was, it was <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> anyway. See, see, see. These aren't spooky. All you they did are. was do a voice. Linguini. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Bad Amanda. I, I think it's very all funny. Right. Risotto. No, that that one wasn't as good. That one one I'm not going to stand behind. So in Vancouver, just a shitload of ghosts, I guess. Um, So in the grocery wholesaler headquarters that later became the Old Spaghetti Factory. Old, I guess. I don't know, because in Canada it's old. Fine. A recycled trolley car from 1904 plopped down right in the middle of the restaurant. It is known to be haunted by a tram conductor, uniform and all, who many think came with the trolley. Probably. That would make sense. He's often seen after closing sitting in the trolley, but he generally seems to mind his own business. That's good. People also experience cold spots while in the trolley and things can moved around inside of it inexplicably. I feel like in a restaurant, a cold spot is not a very impressive thing because restaurants are always cold 100% of the time. Yeah. Like weirdly drafty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Especially one that's in a warehouse. (laughs) Not good insulation there. No. Mm -hmm. 
Another ghost Terrible. known to reside in the restaurant is a small man with red hair who wears red long johns and a red shirt. Oh, okay, guy. I get it. People refer to him as Looky Lou. Why this name, you ask? Because his favorite pastime is surprising women in the washroom. Fun. <sighs> that, that fun was from, was from Laura. So thank you, Laura. I really hope it's a ghost. I also super hope it's a ghost. Yeah, that'd be the best case scenario. <laughs> Apparently, one woman tried to take a photo of the man when he burst in on her in the washroom. But when the photo came out, there was only a blur in his place. <gasps> a blur of like sin and creepitude. Ugh. Two other ghosts occupy the old spaghetti factory, a little boy and a little girl. A staff member claims to have had a conversation with the little girl once, during which she explained to him that she was looking for her mother and then disappeared. Sounds right. The final ghost is a little boy who, according to a psychic that visited the restaurant years ago, is named Edward. Sounds right. Now, all I want to do is just go on a road tour with or as a psychic to locations of Spaghetti Warehouse and or Old Spaghetti Factory all over North America. Uh, same. Please. Can that be our new podcast? You know how there's a podcast about trying to find the McDonald's pizza? Can no. ours just be going to Old Spaghetti Warehouses <gasps> and stuff like that and trying I want to find it. the ghosts? I want it. All right, cool. I want it. Yeah. If you make TV, get in touch. So, Edward the ghost. He likes to run around the restaurant, even barging into the kitchen. He bends cutlery set out on tables, because why not? Wow, that's genuinely pretty terrifying. Um, People have seen him and tried to follow him when he runs away, but he always disappears when they reach where he should be, like a pot of gold under a rainbow. That was my editorializing, not not Laura. Um, So, one time, a new staff member saw Edward and chased him around the restaurant, but when she caught up with him, he looked her in the face, and she saw his eye sockets were fucking empty, and then she quit. So Same. smartest no. waitress of all time. Mm-hmm. Well done. Very smart. Well done. I did good. Last fun fact is that the psychic who identified Edward the ghost also claims the restaurant is host to a vortex that acts as a portal for spirits to enter into this dimension. Because, as Laura says, you got to have carbs even in the afterlife. Thank and you, And she sent us photos. Thank you, Laura. Yes. Ugh. wow. That, that is our old spaghetti factory slash spaghetti warehouse uh follow-up spectacular spooktacular it in makes fact. me so happy i i think it's most important to investigate what dark path the owners of olive garden have mm. made to keep their buildings They're not haunted. spaghetti haunted <laughs> wow because they've got pasta and there seems to be this thing with pasta and haunting so i'm just saying olive garden's up to some shit you're completely right well i think one one would argue that the Olive Garden is also not bringing old antiques into their restaurants and then trying to sell them off as like, ooh, vintage. Except for their recipes in my right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, then, but then why aren't, why aren't all like TGIF Fridays haunted? They got a bunch of old shit on the walls. Uh, that, is a great, that is a great point. The common linking thing is pasta. Or Applebee's like has photos of actual like sports teams from the city in that in that area maybe the just like innocent souls of the kids in the photos protect applebee's from its haunting fridays i don't know what kind of devil they have uh and before we do some follow-up on our most iconic hometown urban legend to date bloody bones i am gonna need a refill Our sponsor this week is Storyblocks. If you make stuff on the internet, if you make podcasts, if you make videos, if you have a website, if you have a business, if you make funny Animoji karaoke and you want to have like settings behind you, you 
need to sign up for a seven day free trial of Storyblocks at storyblocks.com slash spirits podcast. You can get high quality stock images for a fraction of the cost with Storyblocks. You can download all of the stock your heart desires from their member library, which includes 400,000 stunning photos, vectors, textures, and icons. They are actual professional photos, not just like something that someone took of their friend one day standing in front of a whiteboard and like labeled it hashtag startup, which yes, I have seen before. I have had occasion to search. <laughs> for startup in stock images and it's a it's a scary thing um but these are these are by professionals and even if you don't find something in the member library that suits your needs which i can't imagine uh, but they also have discounts on additional images and vectors and audio everything in their marketplace where the artists take home a hundred percent of the sale price which is just like the dopest thing yeah and the best part is all the content is royalty free so you can use it for commercial and personal projects uh and new images are added regularly so they're there's always something fresh to download. Yeah, we love it. And we would love to see the kinds of things that you are using from the Storyblocks library. So when you sign up for your free trial, when you look at stuff to spiff up your website, your video, your podcast, your audio drama, whatever it is, uh, send us a link and let us know on Twitter what your favorite image or uh, sound clip that you found is. Um, but to do that, you have to sign up first at storyblocks.com slash spirits to try it free for seven days. Yeah, maybe uh, try and find a picture of Bloody Bones. Maybe uh, send us a creepy spooky voice find like the horse that looks the most like a kelpie yes that's your assignment for the week thank you for that cool so thank you so much to storyblocks for sponsoring us everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, back to the show. For those of you that might not remember the Bloody Bone story from Ashton, here's a flashback for you. In the trees lives Bloody Bones. He wanders from hill to hill, looking for small children that stay out past sundown. He likes to stay close to the water, rivers, lakes, ponds, puddles, and cricks. You don't hear him coming. You won't see him running because he stays in the trees or in the water until he jumps out and lands on top of you to eat the flesh off your bones alive. That escalated quickly, Ashton. But don't go looking for him neither. During the day, he likes to keep hidden. If he sees you, he'll sit and wait. Keep your eyes off the tree line, because if he's spotted, he attacks. But at night, nothing can keep you from the clutches of bloody bones. If he sees you, you're done for. Only a few have been able to escape him. I saw him once. He looks like a man, but he's not. He's about eight foot tall and three foot wide. Oh my god. He's bright red, because he's got no skin. No! Worst part. Worst, worst part. part. His body is made up of the children he eats. I nope, think that's it got worse. the worst part. It got worse. <laughs> I, forgot I forgot about that one. It got worse. I forgot that is the worst part. <laughs> the more kids he eats, the larger he gets. Nope, nope, nope. He's got a big mouth with long teeth as sharp as razor blades. His fingers are long and he's got claws for fingernails. You better be careful. I saw something rustling in the trees earlier. Bloody Bones is nearby. Which is horrifying, and which Ashton re uh, requested that we read in our best Appalachian accent. Did no. I do okay? No. 
uh, we we can't, Ashton. We're just going to go with our creepy grandpa voice instead, which that I was think is very grandpa well voice. Thank you. And we were delighted to get an update from Ashton. Eric, uh, Eric asked the Appalachian in the room, would you please read it? Yes, here is a, <laughs> the Appalachian. Or nearest to. Okay, Near, nearest, nearest Appalachia. Here is the update. I wrote in with the bloody bones story about my grandfather scarring me and my cousin for life by jumping out of a tree. I finally was able to have my grandfather listen to the podcast episode when I was in Kentucky for a wedding. He thought it was so cool. Thank you very much, um, Grandpa. Ama- so, so many things here. One is that, uh, yeah, for further context, uh, Ashton's grandfather hid in a tree and then jumped down at 75 years old, like on top of his grandchildren to scare them because they were out past dark. Such commitment to scaring, which I really appreciate. Um, very, very good also, commitment. excellent job playing spirits for your grandparents. I want nothing more than for people to play spirits for their grandparents and write in with their grandparents' reactions, ideally also a photo. So please, that's your homework. However, when I asked him if he remember instilling fear and anxiety in his two granddaughters, he said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember doing that. Granted, this was about 12 to 15 years ago, and he is 75 years old, so I described the events of the rest of the weekend, and his eyes lit up, and he said, Oh, well, I did drink about half a bottle of medicine. Uh. That's what he calls Jack Daniels <laughs> that night. Your mama, my grandmother, was driving me wow. nuts. He then proceeded to pour himself a Jack and Coke and told my cousin and I, you should be glad I just told you about Buddy Bones. Oh, no. Rawhead is who you really should have looked out for. Thank yes, you, Grandpa. Apparently, there's an even more terrifying tale my grandfather thank, told me thank about. God. Thank God I'm for really grandpas glad, and terrifying tales. I'm really glad Ashton is sharing this trauma with us. I'm so ready. I didn't read this email past here because I knew it was going to be good. Yeah, I, I haven't read any of this. So I had no idea of what I was also, getting into. I guess into. you want us to like read weird shit. Uh, I don't know, bury it in a good ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here is the story of Rawhead, the more terrifying thing than Bloody Bones. Rawhead was the pet of an old magic woman who lived in the hills of Kentucky. He was a wild hog. Oh, oh no. See it go that way. That had rooted around in her kitchen so much that the magical properties of the things she dropped started to take <gasps> effect. <gasps> He was called Rawhead because he was so ugly and looked like a dead pig carcass that was Holy freshly no. slaughtered. He was known to walk upright and no, even No, no, talk. no, it got worse. One day, he wandered off and was mm-hmm. caught by a hunter. What kind no. of hunter? No, 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 like, no, no. That's what I'm going to That's what I'm going to catch. A hunter whose grandfather did not tell him about bloody bones, that's who. Rawhead was slaughtered nope. by the hunter and the woman decided to cast a spell that reanimated the dismembered corpse of Rawhead. She then set this Frankenstein's monster type of creature, thank you for Frankenstein's monster, type of creature after the hunter that killed him. Rawhead found and murdered the hunter. To reward him, the old woman used part of the hunter's prize game and gave him claws and sharp teeth and a raccoon tail. I just fist bumped at that description. Julia, you are horrifying. You are a horrifying individual. Uh, Yes, I am. Once a month during a full moon, of course, Rahe can be seen rising through the woods on the back of a horse wearing the hunter's clothes looking for his next victim. No, 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 no. Actually, that was a great story. Thank you for writing in. (laughs) So, so this, this has so many layers to it because first it's just a ugly pig. Ugly pig. Then it's an ugly pig that has possessed magical yep. powers. And stands upright and talks. And a witch for a mom. It, it's walking around. It's talking. It gets murdered. Then it gets reanimated and just like, 
I don't know, Voltron's a bunch of other <laughs> yep, parts it to it. Upgraded. And upgraded. now it's, this is like a scarier table. It, yeah. it really is. Uh, Ashton closes their email with, have fun trying to go to sleep with that image in your brains. I oh. will. I, I, I will, Ashton. I will think of you when at three in the morning, I'm lying in my bed, looking out the window, trying to get that image out of my head. Raw head, raw head, raw head. See, I, I won't because here at Spirits Podcast, we drink that is true. That's true. That's true. You uh, you very you very rarely remember the episodes that we record after we've recorded them. Oh, it's true. It's great. I'm also a listener and fan of Spirits because I just listen to the episode when it's done and I'm like, wow, what, we what did funny good. jokes and good commentary because mm-hmm. I completely forget what happens when we record. <laughs> I have one. Ooh. What uh, is your follow-up? So we have an email. We didn't read it on air. We actually uh, responded to it via email, but I feel like we should read the entire email thing. And this is the Chronicle of Sven and the Doma Boy. Yeah, so Sven had an actual pressing mythological need and question and situation that we had to answer in real time. Yes. So we will give you the full saga. So Sven says, I listened to the 30 Myths in 30 Minutes episode, and you mentioned the Doma Boy from Slavic Legend. I did not know the full story behind them until I listened to that episode, and I honestly freaked out. My whole family is very traditionally Russian, and last year when I moved into my own apartment, my parents gave me a small idol of a Doma boy. His name is Kuzia. I was told he was like a brownie, which is a household fairy, and that he would bring me good luck. Mistake number one. The complete opposite happened. In my first few months in the apartment, everything was going wrong. All the appliances were breaking for no reason, uh, but as soon as the repair person came, everything would start to work again. I looked like a crazy person. Then weirder stuff started happening. Every few nights, I woke up at 3 a.m. to something tapping my foot. My bad luck was getting worse and worse to the point where I thought I'd get kicked out of university and become homeless. No. Imagine how I felt uh, uh, once I read that being touched by a domovoy was a harbinger of doom and that it wanted to drive me out of my home. I did not know where the idol gifted from me came from, but it was unlikely that it was bought new because my parents and I live in Scotland. I have a theory that it has to do with being handed down in my family and possibly a spirit of one of my relatives may have been attached to it. It seems like a long stretch, but it is very possible that my grandmother passed this along to me to bring me luck, but I, being a queer transgender man, am far from the conservative Russian ideals. I thought I was being haunted by a poltergeist for a year, but now I think I have been cursed by a domovoy. Things are better than they were last year, but I am still hit with large bouts of bad luck when it comes to matters of the household. So we were horrified for Sven and very, very nervous. So we contacted our Russian folklore expert, Ivan. I guess Ivan is just like our mythological, like, I mean, he's, he's our ghostbuster. Like mm-hmm. he's the person we call when there's trouble. Ivan uh, is Russian and he wrote back to us with some advice. So we said back to Sven, um, Ivan wanted to assure you that the Domovoy isn't a vengeful relative or trying to pass judgment on you. You just need to appease it. To keep your home as clean as you can, leave out snacks for it sometimes. He recommended porridge, milk, tobacco, bread, or salt. Um, But Julia did some research as well and heard that porridge and milk worked best. Yvonne also suggested getting rid of the actual physical object, which was a very good idea. Um, And Julia threw in that sage wherever, um, you know, in the house you want to put it is probably also a good idea. Mm -hmm. 
So that made sense to me. I was glad to hear that it wasn't some, you know, old uh, granny, you know, being being mean to to our friend. Mm-hmm. But um, Sven happily wrote back with an update. Yeah, and Sven said, thank you, and Yvonne, for your, the advice. Things have been a bit better, but I do have a paranormal update, which just pleases the punch out of me. Ooh, I want to hear all your paranormal updates, guys. Sven all said, so I woke up in the morning of Halloween to a figure of a burlap sack at the end of my bed. It was tied at the top and looked like there was a person inside. No, 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 I'm no, done. no, I'm See gone. I'm out. I drop out of school. I move out of the apartment. I burn my life and leave behind burn notice. I'm done. Well, that's not what Sven did. Sven said, I knew that no one had broken into my flat because I can see the locked door from my bed and I lived by myself. This is worse, Sven, not better. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm confused how that's a good detail. <laughs> I thought that's that makes it worse. I thought that my eyes were playing tricks on me that's in the early trick. morning light. And so I rolled over in my bed to lie on my side. And that was when I felt the mattress dip behind my back as if someone had lied down next to me and I heard a deep man's voice whisper boo into my ear. I was so freaked out that I froze up completely. My heart was pounding out of control. Sadly, I can't remember exactly what happened after that, but I think I fell asleep again after a while. Oh my God. That's impressive, Sven. Oh my God. They continue saying, This is the most bizarre experience I've ever had. I used to experience sleep paralysis when I was a teenager, and this definitely wasn't that. Since then, I've been burning sage and holy wood almost daily. Good choice. Good choice. And I've moved the Domoboy idol from my altar with offerings of tobacco and milk. I'm planning to move to a new apartment next academic year, or I may be moving to Denmark to study in Copenhagen. A spirit made me move out of the country? LMAO, not really, but it seems convenient. Uh, you completely are absolutely allowed to move out of the country and leave that idol the heck behind, Sven. Uh, and Sven ends the email with, ya boy, Sven, which I appreciate. <laughs> oh, Sven, you are our boy, and I super don't want this Dome of Boy to, to make any trouble for you. I, I don't know, burn it inside a church or something. I, I don't know what the best yeah. way to, like, exercise a, a terrible demon from your life might be, but, like, you gotta you gotta keep up the good work and stay, stay safe and maybe less creepy. Uh, do you think we have a few minutes for another round of emails? I would, yeah, I would love to. I'd love to move outside of these uh, very scary and real urban legends. Um, I have a very cool story from someone whose parents have an interesting tale from Libya. Go for it. So I have an email from uh, Bushra, who uh, was born in Libya and grew up there uh, and lives in Canada now. So um, they wrote in to tell us that their dad was born and raised in a town called Derna on the eastern coast of Libya. About halfway and a bit to the south between Derna and another town called uh, Tobruk in a desert valley called Wadi El Naga, maybe, which translates to Valley of the Naga. A Naga is what we call a female camel. The valley is deep and tricky to navigate, and it's easy for travelers to get lost. And when the wind whipped through it, it would throw sand in your eyes. Mm, not good. So, sounds like a desert. It does. Mm-hmm. So the reason the valley was named the Valley of the Naga is a legend about a Naga that would appear when a traveler loses their way or is in need of help in the valley. Finding a Naga without an owner in the desert is a very fortunate thing. They used to be, and still are, to people living in towns that are sort of outside in the desert. Um, they're very valuable. A Naga not only provides transport, but also a light and naturally skimmed milk that doesn't <gasps> curd when you squeeze lemon juice into it. It's milk for you, Julia. I love milk and cheese mythology. It's I my gave favorite. You, I gave you a dairy-related myth. Thank you. You're welcome. 
So basically, if a nomad or someone traveling through the desert found a naga, they found something that is completely like treasurous, like it's completely valuable. But people who find this naga and decide to ride it will come to regret it. <gasps> As they ride it further away from the valley, they will sometimes find their feet suddenly dragging across the sand. And then minutes later, they would tower far above the ground, way higher than a camel could ever be. Yo, this reminds me of the chairs in our R.I.P. favorite bar that Amanda and I used to go to for happy hour, which was the Jekyll and Hyde Club. Uh, R.I.P., the only good place in Times Square, Jekyll and Hyde. Austin, we miss you. The, uh, The chairs at the bar would slowly move up and down as you sat in them. Yeah. So you'd have your knees crossed all of a sudden, like one minute later, you'd, your knees would be hitting the bar. And then another minute later, they'd be down on the ground. Yeah. It was just slow enough that you would just think you were drunk, which you probably were because yeah. it was a two for one happy hour. And the drinks Damn, were like eight ounces of alcohol and then a little bit of mixer and a bunch of like weird food dye. And there were, there were Hitchcock movies that played on the TVs in Silent black and white. Hitchcock movies. Silent, no captions. So Julia and I were left to just improv the lines. Oh, Charles. Oh, Charles. Oh, Sandra. Yeah, no, it was good. That's great. Anyway, so Camel goes up and down. It's scary. Who knows? But those who survive only do so when they realize that it was not a Naga they rode, but a djinn <gasps> and flee for their lives. Yo. Uh, Bashar got goosebumps the first time that their dad told them this That's story. That's a really cool, cool story. That is. And also just like, just kind of chaotic and weird and like, I don't know, making you question reality enough to be like, what the hell did I just experience? And I love those kinds of myths. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Bushra. Thank you. Eric, do you have one to go next or do you want me to go? All right. This myth comes from Emma and Emma says, my family home is an old farmhouse in Shropshire, England Sweet. that was originally built in the 1500s. Nice. It's shit. been in my family. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just excited. Stuff is older than my whole country. Mm-hmm. It's been in my family since the mid 1800s but we don't know much of its history from before then. That's concerning. My grandparents used to tell me that they would see a gray hooded figure in it and around the house. Nope, sell it, burn it down, move. Not great. My grandfather in particular said he loved it when he saw the ghost and would wave at it from across the field. Your grandpa's oh, weird. Grandpa. Yeah, he's just, he's just cool of it. I think he would enjoy the bloody bones, grandpa. They should be friends. They should be friends. Yeah. While my grandmother says she saw it in their bedroom whenever she got sick. Um, that's concerning. That's uh, that's like the thinly veiled near death series. Very much an omen. Don't like it. When I was about 16, we redecorated a little room up a winding staircase that had only been used for storage until then. Uh-uh. And it became my bedroom. Uh-oh. Soon after, I started getting sleep paralysis and you guessed it would see a creepy hooded figure at the end of nope, the bed. Nope, no. nope, nope, nope. This pretty much terrified me at first, but I became used to it. And when <laughs> I moved out, my sleep paralysis stopped. Uh, yeah. No. You no, think? No, no, no. You think right? it's your haunted garret room? I do. I hadn't thought about it for years until my younger brother recently took over that room. He never knew about my experiences, but I was spooked when I heard he'd start having sleep paralysis. <gasps> Same with the visions. No. Another creepy thing I remember happening is when I was home alone during uni summer holidays. It's quite a way out in the countryside, so my friends dropped me off after a night out, and I was tired, so I went straight to bed. However, the next morning, they asked me why I didn't wave back. I told them I didn't know what they meant, and they revealed that all three of them had seen a figure staring out at them from the downstairs parlor, (gasps) a room I had been nowhere near that evening. 
Yeah, my friends insisted. You put on a gray hoodie. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> fuck. That's how I feel about that's that. That's real. That's that's oh, a real no! shit right there. Shit. Ugh. Oh, so good. God. So bad. Never. Never no. sleep there again. No, 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 no. Leave no. the house. No, 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 no. Eric, you're wearing a gray hoodie right now. Oh, no. It was me. <laughs> it was you the whole I'm time. I'm the ghost. You're the gross of Shropshire. A place I couldn't pronounce for the first <laughs> first couple tries of the, the reading of that e- email. You know, your pronunciation was so bad that our Skype call ended and <laughs> we had to restart it. it. <laughs> uh, guys, we are so happy to hear your horrifying stories. I, I like nothing more than putting myself through deep psychic pain by reading about your experiences. So please <laughs> continue to send these in. You can go to spiritspodcast.com slash contact or email us at spiritspodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please give us your stories. We love them. We and we're doing these more. every month. Every month we are doing these hometown urban legends. That's true. Uh, and as we say every week, whenever we think about you in our lives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Julia is so traumatized that she can't even do this right now. <laughs> um, so uh, stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye.